Welcome in to KNC Sports here in the Elsie Chandler Memorial Studio here at the campus of the University of Missouri. My name is Kyle Jones. I'm joined by my good friend Cole Tucson. Cole, how's it been? It's been good. I really enjoyed coming back last week and getting the show back on the road, and I'm excited for this show as well. Yeah, weather outside sucks. It's rainy and cold, but uh, inside, it's it's nice and warm and dry. So uh, that means that we can we can do a sports show. So uh, we got a great one coming up for y'all uh, this evening, folks. Uh, we're gonna start off talking a little bit about some uh, some playoff hockey. Of course, uh, the NBA playoffs rolls on. And then uh, we're going to end with, of course, uh, you know, it's it's NFL Draft Eve, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna do give ourselves a little bit of a mock draft here. We're gonna talk about you know where everyone's going. All that and more coming up next on KNC Sports. KCOU T-shirts are brought to you by Acme Hot and Fresh T-shirts, located at 15 South 9th Street. If you're interested in a KCU t-shirt, hit up the studio or Mod Vintage downtown. And thank you, Acme Hot and Fresh t-shirts, for supporting student radio. This is Spankalicious, and you're listening to KCOU Columbia. 88.1 FM. This is your boy Rubik's. I got a message for all y'all out there. You find yourself with nothing to do from noon to 2 on Monday. Tune into my show, The Lounge at Lunch with Danny Bing. We got the freshest music and the hottest takes only on KCOU 88.1 FM or KCOU.FM. Last time I seen him was at the store in the spice side looking salty. I stepped out with some cold. Want to learn more about what's going on on campus? Check out the Mizzou View, a podcast presented by KCOU and the Maneater, premiering every Friday morning. Mizzou View provides pertinent information in an easily digestible format, fulfilling all your Mizzou podcast dreams. Mizzou View is available on iTunes and other podcast services. And welcome back into the studio. My name is Kyle Jones. I'm joined by Cole Tusing, and you're listening to KNC Sports on KCOU.FM. So, Cole, let's get things started. Some very exciting things going on in the uh, in the world of hockey uh of course most of the uh, first round series wrapped up um either over the weekend or you know monday or tuesday but uh one one series that is still in progress yet to be decided is uh the bruins and the maple leaves they are going to a game seven so uh first i guess we should t- we should kind of touch on that uh, who do you have winning that one? And keep in mind that Toronto has won the last two games. I might have to go with my, if I had to put all my money in, it would have to be Boston because both teams are very known for being a playoff series, but Boston has had more success in the postseason. If you look at their history with the amount of Stanley Cups and Conference Finals they've won, so I want to give it Boston, but if it's going to be Game 7, it's going to be all up for grabs, and Toronto's not going to give it to Boston easily, even if it's the first round. So, you know, I, I mentioned that Toronto won the last two games. I should also mention that uh, this game is being played in Boston. So you have you kind of have a, you know, you have the, the Bruins have home home ice on their side, but if we've learned any, anything from hockey, especially in the last couple of years, it's that um, when there's one sport 
where home ice is almost completely, you know, home field advantage is almost completely irrelevant, it's hockey. Really? Um, really. Ser- seriously. You, know, you, look at, you look at the NBA, and home court advantage is extremely powerful. Same with baseball and, you know, foot, I think it's the it's the biggest with football. Football, obviously, you know, if you get home field advantage in football, it is a very rare occasion where you lose in the playoffs. You know, same with uh, same with basketball. But with with um, I mean with with hockey, it's it, I'm not gonna say it's irrelevant. It, all, it obviously has a factor, and with Boston, it would have more of a factor than usual. I mean that I, I think they they play at a, they t- play at the same place as the Celtics do the TD TD Garden. That or, is correct. Yeah. So, and obviously that place could be rocking, but. I I mean it's almost like I could I could really see the Maple Leafs pulling this one out. They've got guys like Austin Matthews. I mean they've they've got a really strong team. I don't know. I am I'm willing to I'm willing to basically, basically I'm willing to put my put my money on on Toronto. I think they can get this if Austin Matthews can really show up. Um and you know the guys who you know back him up as well. Guys like Mitchell Marner and you know Ben Reemsyke. If they can really back him up, then I think that this really, I think it really could be Toronto's series. They've won the past two. They won game six convincingly, 3 1, to tie the series up. Now, let's just take a, a look, a step forward, I guess. Now, if Boston wins game seven or Toronto wins tonight, they'll have to go up against the Tampa Bay Lightning, who they easily won, I would argue, against the Devils. Do you think? the series and the road would end for this team, or would they give the Lightning a fair competition? Maybe a fair shot. What, whoever goes through is obviously a worthy op- opponent. I don't think it'd be like a sweep or anything, but um, I, I definitely think that the Lightning are going through. I think, you know, I, I said this last week, I, I genuinely believe that the Eastern Conference Finals will be between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, the Lightning, you know, Point wise, had uh, one of you know, I think it was, they were like the third best team in hockey, um, with the the first being Nashville and the second being Vegas. Um, you know they've they've got all the right ingredients for a deep playoff run. Um, I and, and frankly, whoever wins out of the two of these teams, Boston or Toronto, I just don't think they have the staff. I don't think they have. You know they're they're not having as good a season. I just don't think they have the same kind of momentum as Tampa Bay. You also have to look at the rest factor, right? So you know Toronto only had to play five games, and they haven't played you know in, in almost a week. You know, and, and I think by the time by the time that Game Seven has gone around, and they take their the the Bruins, either the Bruins or the Maple Leafs get their you know amount you know rest days. For you know, finishing out a series, it'll it'll have been a week since Tampa Bay have been on the ice. You know, and do you think that will work in Boston Maple Leafs' favor because it's the recency effect, or no, I don't. I think um, I think a well a well rested Lightning team is a force to be reckoned with. You know, and it it doesn't take that long to get reacquainted with the ice and reacquaint and you know reacquainted with whatever team you're playing. I think it's it's going to be really hard for for the Bruins or the Maple Leafs to make any sort of dent in the Lightning. I think maybe maybe it'll go the same way as the 
Devils series did, where, you know, like a 4-1, maybe this will go six games. I think six games is even cutting it a little bit too much, you know? All right, now let's move on to other playoff series. I mentioned last week how I think the National Predators, I think this is their year to win the Stanley Cup, and they are playing against the Winnipeg Jets right now, and... Not game one has not started yet since they're right. wrapping up round one. I believe game one starts uh, on the morrow. Uh, hold on, I, I can actually tell you when it starts. Game one for that one is on Friday, so uh, you know keep your eyes peeled. Friday at seven if you're here in the central time zone. I don't know if we have anybody from other time zones, but it's seven o'clock here if you uh, if you live in that central time zone. Um. Nashville and Winnipeg, I, I honestly, this, this, this could really be a sweep, frankly. I think it, frankly, I think it's a miracle that Winnipeg's done so well this season. I, I didn't see that coming at all. I, I thought the Wild were going to actually win that series, so I was really disappointed that they didn't put up more of a fight. You know, it was only a, you know, it was only a five-game series. Um, I think that Nashville is just way too good of a team. Winnipeg's not going to be able to crack them at all. Nashville was amazing in the regular season, but it seems they step up the bar a few more times when it comes to postseason play. Right. I mean, you know, they got they got all the country music stars who come out and sing the anthems. They got all the celebrities at their games, and then you know, the, you you know what they do to cars, right? You you you've seen this, haven't you? I've not. No. Okay. So so Smashville, right? They they call him Smashville. That's that's kind of Nashville's nickname, right? After. After the Preds win a playoff series, they they take a car that's decorated with uh with the other team's logos and in you know slogans and colors and everything. Right? They take a you know brand spanking new car that's all painted up and everything, and a bunch of people take hammers and you know you know bludgeoning objects to it, and they beat the living heck out of this car. I'm surprised I don't know this because we. Chicago plays Nashville like all the time in the playoffs. Yeah, but like, li- well, I mean, the, the problem is Chicago would Chicago used to always beat Nashville. Except so, so, last year. Yeah, right, and they did it last year. I don't know if you saw they they you know beat the heck out of a Blackhawk car last year. It's crazy. Like you you think that Philly fans are crazy when they win Super Bowls? You know, uh, Vancouver they riot when they lose, right? Nashville. They get the the whole darn country music hall of fame out to their games, and then at the end of it all, they beat the living heck out of a car. It's insane. I love it. But and I, I think we're gonna see a Jets themed car being destroyed, uh, you know, sometime in the next two three weeks. Now let's move on to the other series: Las Vegas going up against the San Jose Sharks, who, mind you, just beat single-handedly, pretty easily, the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, I mean, they swept the Ducks, um, which was an upset. Uh, San Jose being a three-seed, Ducks being a two. And then you got to look at the Knights, who um, swept the Kings, who were, the Kings were the wild card. Knights, of course, the uh, the best team in their, you know, little corner of the bracket. Um, so a sweeper against a sweeper. And I think that this is going to be Vegas in seven. Vegas in seven. Yes. I I love this Vegas team. All right, I didn't think I would when they first came into the league. I'm like, all right, Vegas team, whatever. I, you know, I'm a Penguins fan. I really don't care, especially after they they took Mark Flurry from us. You know, Mark Andre Flurry went 
went over to Vegas and I and I cried like a like a little child because I love I love Flurry and he's awesome. Uh, but but Vegas has grown on me, especially throughout these playoffs. When I watched when I saw what they were doing to the Kings, like that was just that was beautiful. And they had the look. I I love you know the fact that this is a this is a team in the middle of a desert, right? There's no ice. It doesn't get below twenty. It will. It won't snow. It won't freeze in Las Vegas. It's not something that happens. But yet they have a thriving hockey franchise, and I love it. It is definitely interesting. Now, I personally think, yeah, I would agree with you that it's going to be in seven, but. I would have to say it's going to be San Jose in seven. You think Sharks in seven? That's reasonable. Um, the sh- the Sharks, um, not last year, but the year before, were Stanley Cup finalists. Yeah, and I just feel like San Jose, kind of the same with uh, the Penguin, uh, Penguins, Predators, uh, how they are more known in postseason play, and I think that Las Vegas, no one expected them to have the one seed in their division or even sweep the Canes, but I just feel like they are Magical Cinderella story is going to come to an end in seven against a worthy opponent, San Jose Sharks. See, that's that's where I differ from you. So you you think that because because Vegas is unproven, uh, they they won't win, and I think it's the fact that they are unproven is that they will win. No one know what what no one knows what in the world is going to happen, you know, in this series. And I think that kind of element of surprise, the element of you know. They, the, the city of Las Vegas being able to get behind their team, you know, it's it's not just a bunch of tourists and you know alcoholics and casino bums. This is a real town with real people who go to hockey games and cheer on their team. And I agree with you. It's just that San Jose. You look at the teams of San Jose and the LA Kings. Both teams play completely different play styles. LA drives on like the defense with Jonathan Quick as their goalie, and they kind of like, I wouldn't say like they stay back a little bit, but they're definitely more conservative, whereas San Jose is more aggressive, and they attack the puck more, and they thrive on the offense more than the defense as opposed to the Canes. All right, so we got we got time for uh, for to talk just about this last series. Uh, Penguins Capitals, of course, you know, as me being a diehard Penguin fan, I'll say the Penguins. Um, I think that... Uh, Crosby won't be the main storyline. It'll be uh, Jake Gensel. I think Jake Gensel will be the difference, as well as um, Matt Murray in the net, um, obviously, and probably uh, probably Chris Letang. Of course, that's a great series with two of the arguably best hockey players in the world with Alexander Vechkin and Sidney Crosby going toe-to-toe for a conference appearance. It's the third year in a row it's happened, I think, and every time the Penguins have won, I don't, I don't see any reason why this will be different. Anyway, so uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking about another sport that's in the playoffs, the NBA. Stay tuned. My mom wanted me to ask you guys to call her. She wants you to tell her more about the internet and why you like it. Tune into Echo Toes, Thursday, midnight to 2 a.m. with DJ Peach. What is internet anyway? Peach. Internet is uh, that massive computer network. The one that's becoming really big. Let's all get comfortable and talk about the internet. A new way to use your computer to communicate, have fun, and get instant news and information. What's up, Columbia? Do you enjoy listening to KCOU? Well, don't you wish you could hear KCOU outside of Columbia? Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. 
Yeah, that's right. I said outside of Colombia. Well, KCOU's trying to double the power. How do we do that? We need your help. Stop. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Pull over first. All right. Text donate to 573-882-8262 to get the link to donate to KCOU. Who's got the power? Now that I've gotten on the internet, I'd rather be on my computer than doing just about anything. It's really cool. The internet gave us a whole world of exciting new possibilities. So I guess this is a story of how it changed our lives. Changed our lives. Change your life. Change the way you do the internet. Go like KCOU on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at KCOU and on Instagram at KCOU881. Stay up to date on the latest online content, events, giveaways, and more. You may be right. I think we're being followed now. Don't look. Just play cool. So what are you waiting for, young keyboard warrior? The wonderful world of KCOU is just one click away. And welcome back to the L.C. Chandler Memorial Studio. You're listening to KNC Sports on KCOU.FM. My name is Kyle Jones. I'm joined by Cole Tusing. Cole, let's move on to a little bit of a little bit of basketball, playoff basketball. Um, four big games that are gonna occur tonight. Um, there's there's two uh, two big playoff uh, two you know series deciders potentially in the West, and then. Uh, Two tiebreakers in the East that would, uh, you know, be there, you know, extremely important. Both teams, you know, fighting for their playoff lives. Uh, let's start in the East. Uh, the Raptors currently tied with the Washington Wizards. Something I personally didn't think was going to happen, but the Washington Wizards have really surprised me. What are your thoughts on this? Oh yeah, the Wizards have definitely, I think, surprised everyone. The Raptors definitely being the favorite with the one seed having guys like Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan but the Wizards also have a strong guard position with John Wall and Bradley Beal but I think it was going to go to a game six maybe possibly game seven no I did not I think I think this is destined for game seven just the way that this thing is going I don't think there's going to be a team who could really win two games in a row and lock down this series you know it's it's really surprising as well just you know given how you know how dominant the raptors were in the east at the end of the season i mean they they locked down that top spot you know in a hurry you know once once kyrie went down for the celtics and even really before then the raptors were just locking that spot down so i'm really surprised by this um who do you think is going to wind up on top here i think the raptors are going to wind up on top i think they're going to wind up on top. They're going to show why they are the one seed and beat the Wizards. And then that's two games. But let's move on to the next decider matchup with the Cleveland Cavaliers, a team that we have talked about a lot on this radio show, and the Indiana Pacers. So, you know, this this is playoff basketball, right? So this is a different breed of Cavalier. Not because any of the other players are good. In fact, half of their players suck. There, there's only one man that that needs to, and there's only one man that will show up tonight and in Game Six, and probably in Game Seven. It's probably gonna have to go seven, um, but that man, of course, is LeBron James. The the rest of that team sucks. 
It's just him, which is ironic when you think that the reason that he went back to Cleveland was so that he wouldn't have to carry a team on his back. Yet here he is carrying the team on his back. So, you know, uh, it's he's, he's going to be LeBron. LeBron will always LeBron from here now and forevermore until he you know, eventually retires in, in case, you know, Unless, you know, we've, we've finally discovered that he is, in fact, an immortal god from another planet. You know, he's like he's, he's like basketball Thor or something. Um, no, I, LeBron's going to put this game on his back. He's going to be the difference maker. Uh, the Pacers don't have the depth to compete with him. And I think it's going to be Cavs in seven. So you think you... I do agree with you that I do think LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers, they're a different, completely different team, but... You say that the Indiana Pacers lack depth, and yet they're able to tangle with arguably the second greatest player of all time in his playoff form. He's, he's the greatest of all time. Uh, I know. I know Michael Jordan. It was was a phenomenal basketball player, and you know people will have this debate for the rest of time. But what LeBron James has done for basketball, what he has done on the court, uh, for how long he has played, and you know. For whatever he's done, both for Cleveland and Miami, he's the best. Anyway, I won't go on more with that. Um, they've been able to tango for two games, yes, but eventually it's going to stop. I think it'll stop tonight. I think the Cavs are going to win tonight. That game's actually going on right now. The Cavs are actually down 13-7, but not to worry. They'll come back. Um, it's it's still six minutes left in the first um, I just I I can't see I can't see LeBron allowing himself to go out in the first round to a five seed. You know, it's 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 like LeBron is like bas- basketball god, and going out to the Pacers is beneath him. And as LeBron James's past, the end of Pacers have always given him a tough road. Think about that Pacers team with Paul George and Roy Hibbert that game. Sirius had to go. Seven games, so I'm not mistaken. Yes, they they did have to go seven against that team, but once again, look who look who came out on top. It's always been LeBron because it will always be LeBron. His future is in doubt. Uh, no one's sure if he's going to go to L.A. I've heard talks of Houston. You know, no one knows where in the world he's going to wind up. He might even stay in Cleveland. But regardless, it will always be the it will always be the same LeBron, and he's going to put on the best show. Let's move on to uh, the West. Uh, where we got two potential series clinchers uh, going on tonight. The Rockets in Game 5 against the Timberwolves, and then the Thunder are put, you know, had the potential to be knocked out by the 5-seed Utah Jazz. Um, what do you think is going to go on there, Cole? Let's start with the Rockets. I think the Rockets are going to win the series in the very next game, and get out of this first round because Houston is arguably, I would argue, this entire season, the best, I'm sure that's music to your ears, <laughs> uh, the best team this season. You got James Harden, Clint Capella, Eric Gordon, CP3. This team's built on depth, offense, defense. I mean, they scored 50 points, broke a franchise record in a quarter. It's the second most in NBA history. Like, you don't get much better than that. Yeah, it was. I, I saw a funny tweet. They showed the box score, and you know the first two quarters were extremely close. And it, the caption was, "When when you're playing your little brother on 2K, and he gets just a little bit too close, and it's a yeah, the the first two quarters extremely close. You know, you're taking it easy on him, and the third quarter you bust open a 50 on him, and he just loses. And that's that's when he starts crying and calls for mom. <laughs> but 
that's my break, Sean Houston. I'm sure you couldn't have said it better than yourself. I, I yeah, obviously it's 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 gonna end tonight. Uh, Timberwolves have fought a good fight. All of these games have been close, but uh, it's 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 over. Uh, now move, let's move on to OKC and Utah. I think that Utah is going not. They're not gonna win tonight. I think they're they're in Oklahoma. Correct. I believe they're in Oklahoma City. I believe so. Uh, they won't win tonight. They'll drop this game, uh, but then they will go back to Utah, correct? Yes, I believe so. They'll, they'll, they'll go back to Salt Lake City, and uh, they'll win there in game six. I do agree with you that Utah is going to win the series, but I think it's going to end tonight. You think they'll get the win in Oklahoma City in front of that Thunder crowd? Absolutely. Now, the Thunder crowd is known they literally stand on their feet until the their team scores. Like they're known for it, but I mean let's face it, this OKC Thunder team, I even said this when Frequency when they acquired Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. This team is gonna be very inconsistent and they were inconsistent in the regular season and inconsistent in the playoffs as well. Paul George, that could have been a right move pairing him with Russell Westbrook, the man who averaged broke a triple double record, but when they added Carmelo Anthony, I was like, okay, let's take a step back a bit. Carmelo Anthony is not going to fit in the system. And sure enough, he hasn't done anything in the regular season and he hasn't done anything in the playoffs. Definitely hasn't worked for them. Uh, we can talk a little bit about the series that have ended. Uh, I want So obviously, we, we all kind of knew that the Warriors were going to beat the Spurs. I, I personally am, I feel bad for Greg Popovich. You know, he lost his... He lost his wife to an illness and then wasn't able to coach the last two games of that series. Uh, do, you, do you feel like the, the Spurs deserved better? Well, I mean, when you talk about the Spurs, you have to, obviously, Kawhi Leonard is in the conversation how you look at guys like DeMarcus Cousins and... Really, you really just DeMarcus Yeah, just Cousins. anybody who's injured was sitting on the bench and Kawhi Leonard was nowhere <laughs> to be seen, especially... In Oracle Arena last night, so right, uh, Kyrie's been right at That's least what I was at least semi present for the Celtics throughout the playoffs. I mean, Ka- Kawhi, Kawhi was, I, I don't, uh, I don't know the full story. How, how do I? How I don't? We don't know the fir- we don't know the full story. But from from the outside looking in, it's hard for me to look at Kawhi and not call him a coward and not call him just a bully. Right. He he bullied his te- he let his teammates down. He let his coach down. Uh, Greg Popovich and you know is one of his deepest hours of need. He needed, you know, he had to take time off. This was not going to be a Popovich series. He lost his wife, and he was not going to be able to be there for his team. He needed somebody to step up and be there in his absence. Kawhi could have, Kawhi Leonard could have been the guy, and he wasn't. I. Honestly, I I hope he gets traded to uh, anybody, uh, maybe maybe the Lakers or something. And the next time that he steps foot in the city of San Antonio, I hope that he gets booed. I hope he gets booed out of the building. Now moving on to San Antonio, do you think Manu retires? Oh yeah. Well, actually, no. I don't actually. After after what happened with after what happened with Popovich's wife, I don't think so. I think Popovich uh, next season. You know, he's he's coming back next season. I think uh, this entire team will be inspired to get behind him. Right. This is a this is a tragedy 
for a man who has literally been the definition of San Antonio Spur basketball for the past, like, what, almost 20 years now. Yeah. Um, I think this entire team is going to get behind him. I think Manu will stay simply for that reason. And uh, I don't know. I, they could... Ooh, they could they could get back to the playoffs. I don't know what they're gonna do next season, but definitely they have. I I think this is it's gonna be quite the story with the San Antonio Spurs next year. We obviously knew the the Warriors were gonna win. It's just unfortunate how that panned out. Someone we didn't expect to win, on the other hand, though, the Pelicans. Drew Holiday, and I can talk about this later, but Rajon Rondo. Seems like a completely different player when it comes to postseason basketball. He seems like he's he, he looked like he was back in that NBA final form when he won with the Celtics. It was crazy. Anyway, uh, two more series. Uh, one of them wrapping up in two days on, on I think the uh, I think the Boston Milwaukee. No, that one's uh, wrapping up tomorrow. Boston Milwaukee. Uh, well, they have game six tomorrow. Uh, Boston leads three games to do. Do you think Giannis is going to show up? And do you think the Bucks are going to? Be able to bring this one back. I would like to see that, but I just feel like Boston has way too much willpower. And is it in Boston? I believe Game Six is. No, no, Game Six is in Milwaukee. Okay. Uh, game Seven would be in Boston. Boston has home court advantage. So yeah, if it happens to go to Game Seven, I think Boston's going to win on Game Seven. But I think Boston wins the series regardless. All right, and then one more series that we'll just touch on briefly because we're. Kind of running out of time for this segment. Um, Sixers beat the Heat in five games. Are you trusting the process through another round, or do you think that the second round is where it ends? I think whoever comes out, whether the Celtics or Bucks, I think the 76ers win it and go to the conference finals. So you think the process is headed to the conference finals. All right. I agree with that, actually. Uh, the, the way that they've been playing is phenomenal. Anyway, so when we come back, uh, we're going to – get down to the real the real meaty part of our show we're going to be talking about the nfl draft so stay tuned the shocking statistics are that one in five people in boone county lives in poverty even worse approximately 250 columbia children are homeless the heart of missouri united way fights for solutions to improve lives by supporting 33 local organizations that strengthen the health education, basic needs, and financial stability of our community. Join the fight today and live united by making your gift at uwheartmo.org slash donate. Do you like helping people? Do you think that sexual health education is important at Mizzou? Do you want to grow as an individual? Yeah, Lisa, that's definitely me. You need to apply to Sexual Health Advocate Peer Education, SHAPE. SHAPE is saving the world one barrier method at a time. Their peer educators give presentations all over campus in the Columbia area on topics ranging from abstinence and healthy relationships to anatomy, STIs, and barrier methods. How do I apply? Just Google Shape Mizzou. You can go to studenthealth.missouri.edu and apply online. Wow, thank you so much, Lisa. I want to be a shape here. Welcome back to KNC Sports. My name is Kyle Jones. I'm joined by Cole Tusing, and you're listening to KCOU.FM. So, Cole, here's the big part. It is, uh, is NFL Draft Eve. Uh, tomorrow we'll be listening and watching uh, a whole host of traditions. Roger Goodell will come out and be booed. Mel Kuyper will be proven wrong about 25 times. 
and uh, some poor man's life, not life, but some poor man's career will be tragically ended when he gets that phone call and uh, hears the words, uh, with, with the first pick of the NFL draft, the Cleveland Browns select you. Really? Yes, that's it's it's a career ender. <clears throat> the Browns are a lost cause. Um, I think we should we should let them die and set up a team in Canada. All right. Well, let's get right into it. So you have the NFL draft board set up. So let's do a little mock draft on the show. Yes. So NFL.com has a little predict the pick game kind of going on. So we're gonna we're gonna try predict the the first round of this draft. So cool. Let's start with with. Position one, the uh, the Cleveland Browns. Um, NFL.com thinks that they either need a cornerback, an O-lineman, a, a quarterback, a safety, or a wide receiver. So uh, the, the three guys who they have kind of written down are Sam Darnold of USC, Josh Allen of Wyoming, or, or uh, Saquon Barkley of Penn State. Who out of the three do you think the Browns will choose? Who's, whose career will be tragically ended tomorrow night? With the first pick in the NFL draft, the Cleveland Browns select Saquon Barkley from Penn State. Saquon Barkley. All right. So um, what is your reasoning behind this? Well, my reasons behind this is pretty simple. So Cleveland does need a quarterback. Now, let's take a look at the Brett draft board for a second. They have a first round, a first pick, and a fourth pick so you can use the fourth first pick with Saquon Barkley who if he's not taking the first pick he'll go in the second pick to the Giants you can use the fourth pick to use chances are Donald's going to be gone at that point but you can use it on Allen you can use it on Rosen you can even lose it on Baker Mayfield any of those that are quarterbacks you'll still begin the necessity of a quarterback with Saquon Barkley who is a running back who can literally do it all for you all right so Saquon Barkley to the Browns with pick one uh, the NFL has either Josh Rosen. Since Saquon Barkley would have been chosen, it'd be either Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold going to the Giants. So, which of the two of them do you have going there? I think it's gonna be Sam Darnold on this one. I think you're gonna use Sam Darnold. He's not gonna play next season, but he's gonna just monitor and just watch over Eli Manning, and then. Next year, he'll get some playing time. And and when Eli Manning retires, possibly at the end of this year, possibly at the end of next year, Sam Darnold will go in full-time. Um, so this is this is where I disagree with you. I think the, I think the Browns will pick uh, Sam Darnold at number one, and then with number two, the, the Giants will pick Saquon. But that's, that's just me. Let's move on. Uh, the Jets traded with the Colts to get the third pick. Uh, NFL.com says they will either pick this. So the three that they say will be Sam Darnold, Saquon Barkley, or Bradley Chubb. Um, I think out of the three of those, we can kind of agree the Jets need a, defend, a defensive guy. They don't really need a quarterback so much since uh, Josh McCown is back and he's I mean, he's, he's he's decent. He's he's respectable. They also brought in uh, Teddy Bridgewater, so they're fine at the quarterback position. So I guess the I guess the one logical choice is Bradley Chubb there. Do you see do you see the Jets picking up anybody else? No, I don't. I feel like Bradley Chubb is the safest bet. All right. Pick number 4 for Cleveland uh once again uh ruining another young man's career. Uh NFL.com thinks it'll either be Josh Allen, Minka Fitzpatrick or Saqu- or uh, Saquon Barkley. 
Which of those three? Well, I mean, Saquon Barkley would have been gone. He would have been uh, picked in the first. So Josh Allen or Minka Fitzpatrick? I think it's going to be Josh Allen. Josh Allen. So you think that they will try to replace Tyrod Taylor with a man whose accuracy is absolutely horrendous? Josh Allen's? Yes. You really think his accuracy is horrendous? I, I, I think he's overrated. I would argue he's underrated. Are you kidding me? He played halfway decent football in a in a conference where you could, you know, blow your nose and get on the first team. He played for Wyoming. No one plays Wyoming. He's 0-3 against Power 5 schools, and he didn't even play good Power 5 schools. I don't know. I, I think he's overrated. Uh, let's go to number five, the Denver Broncos. Uh, ESPN thinks that uh, they will either draft... Josh Rosen, the quarterback at UCLA, or Marcus Davenport, the defensive end from the University of Texas at San Antonio, the Roadrunners. So which of those two do you think the Broncos will pick up? Well, let's see. Denver, with their quarterback situation, you could say whatever you want about Peyton Manning, but... Well, and he's gone, so... Well, I would say with the struggles they've had with Trevor Simeon... And and Brock Lobster as well. I, I I agree. I think Josh Rosen is probably a safer bet for them. So we'll go with we'll go with Josh Rosen for the Denver Broncos. Oh crud! My uh, my computer fe- freaked out a little bit there, but we're good. Uh, next to uh, the Indianapolis Col- Colts at pick number six. Uh, they they got three guys. Uh, one of them we've already said would be gone. So we have two to pick from for the Colts. Uh, Baker Mayfield to uh, back up Andrew Luck and, you know, eventually come in for him when he inevitably gets injured. And then um, Quentin Nelson, the guard from Notre Dame. So which one of those two guys do you think the Colts would select, Baker or Quentin Nelson? I think it's going to be Baker Mayfield on this one. Now, I think it's going to be a similar situation with Sam Darnold with Eli Manning. You think you think that, you know, the, the inevitability of – of Andrew Luck, you know, getting himself, you know, beaten half to death will have, you know, will necessitate a guy like Baker Mayfield coming in. I do. All righty. Uh, at number seven, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, the NFL thinks, the NFL.com at least thinks they, they need someone on the, def- on the defensive side. So uh, Bradley Chubb would have already been gone. We think he'll go to the Jets. So Marcus Davenport from UTSA or Vita Vea from Washington, the defensive tackle. This one's kind of hard for me. I've heard a lot of guys talking about Marcus Davenport. Um, it's kind of a random pick, though, because, I mean, he came out of UTSA, a school that, you know, they're football. They're definitely not known for football. They're not really known for anything um, except being a funnel school for people who, you know, want to go to UT in the future. But um, I could see I've I've heard a lot of good stuff about Marcus Davenport, and I've watched his I've watched film of him. I've seen it on ESPN and everything. He looks good. He looks really talented. Vita Vea, of course, plays in the you know Pac-12. You know he plays against guys like you know Oregon State and Oregon. You know all those California schools who are all very powerful. I don't know. I would I would pick Marcus Davenport here if I was the Buccaneers. I would too. I just, I know more about Marcus Davenport than Vita Vea, even though he will get drafted and he will go to a successful team, hopefully. 
So next up, we have your team, Cole, the Chicago Bears. Uh, NFL.com says they need to sure up their defensive side of the ball. Not a shock. So the three people they have are Mike Hughes, Denzel Ward, or Calvin Ridley. Mike Hughes is from uh, the national champions, uh, UCF. The undefeated national champions, except they're not actually national champions. Uh, Then you have Denzel Ward, the corner from the Ohio State University. And then uh, Calvin Ridley, the wide receiver from Alabama. Now, I know uh, our friend Turner, who... uh, has his show on Sunday mornings. He he talks about how uh, Mitch Trubisky has no offensive weapons to work with, and that's why the Bears aren't the best football team. So, do you think there's some sort of, some intrinsic value for going for a guy like Calvin Ridley, or do you think that uh, the the Bears will instead go with the flow and shore up the defensive side? Well, Trubisky definitely needs offensive weapons, but I. Posted this on Twitter and everything, shameless promotion. But I think the Bears really need someone on the defensive line. And NFL predicts two cornerbacks for us to pick, but I think it should be a linebacker or an O-line or defensive line. I don't think it should be a cornerback. I do like Denzel Ward, and before all these offseason moves, he would, he did say I did say that's who we would go with, but I think we should go for someone on the defensive line. So Anybody in mind? I can't pick anyone off by name, but I would say out of all three of those, the most successful one will be Denzel Ward from Ohio State. All righty, the Ohio State, if you want to get the branding correct. We'll go to the ninth pick, the 49ers. Uh, they're kind of in a similar situation with the with the Bears. Uh, they need to sure up their defensive side of the ball. So we already had uh, Denzel Ward gone. Uh, we also, I think we, I think Minka Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick would be gone as well. Right? So out of the three picks that the NFL has given us to choose from, the only one remaining would be uh, Tremaine Edmonds, the inside linebacker out of Virginia Tech. So we'll we'll pick him for lack of other available players. Up next would be uh, the Oakland Raiders. Uh, they, they could use some help on the O-line. They could also use some help on defense. Of course, uh, they've got, you know... Um, Derek Carr slinging the ball for him, a very, a very, you know, talented quarterback. They could, uh, Raiders could also potentially be moving to Las Vegas within the next couple of years. So there's kind of that, un- there's a lot of uncertainty uh, going around Oakland. But uh, out of these three, oh, sorry, these two, Roquan Smith, the O-lineman out of Georgia, or Vita Vea, the defensive tackle out of Washington, who do you think they'll pick? I think if Vita Vea is not picked by the Buccaneers, he's gone on this pick by the Raiders. All right, so Vita Vea. Next up, we have the 11th pick with the Dolphins. Um, and all of the all of the guys, I, I'm surprised with this little NFL draft thing. You know, they have all three of the guys they have for you to pick from would have been gone by now. Uh, but the Dolphins need something on on defense. Uh, they have, you know, they have Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, so you could also potentially look to try to draft a quarterback there. Um, but who do you who do you think that the Dolphins will pick? Because obviously this, this little NFL.com game is kind of flawed in the fact that they only give you 
three choices, and all three of them are would have been gone by now. Um, so who? Do, what do you think that the Dolphins will do with their draft pick? I think they're going to go on someone on the offensive side, maybe a wide receiver after losing Jarvis Landry to the Cleveland Browns. That would be a smart move for them, I think. Also on the defensive side, losing you lost a few defensive weapons in the offseason would be smart, but if I was the Miami Dolphins GM, I would pick a young wide receiver. A young wide receiver. All right, so I would think that they go with with something uh I don't know. I would see I could potentially see the Dolphins trading this pick. And 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 trading up and possibly getting Baker Mayfield or uh or a defensive guy like Minka Fitzpatrick. That's kind of what I could see happening. I don't know. Um and this is the, the interesting part of the draft is we have no idea how this is going to go, right? Cuz like I think I think a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick is going to go a whole lot earlier in the draft, but like you know, you know, a lot of other people predicting you know these things don't think that. I don't know. Um, let's move on to number twelve, the Buffalo Bills. Um, they they they're kind of up in the air. I think a quarterback might be in the works for them, possibly a. Uh, a defensive lineman or offensive lineman, what do you think they're going to do? What do they need? Well, I would say the guy from Oklahoma State, the quarterback, would be a smart pick for him because Mason Rudolph. I yeah. th- I think that would also. I also agree that'd be a smart one. Maybe uh, maybe if he's if he's still there, definitely Josh Rosen. I think that I think their top their top pick would obviously be a quarterback. I don't think Josh Rosen will be there by the time the Bills roll around. But if he is, then definitely go for Rosen. Uh, let's move on to number 13, the uh, Washington Redskins. They uh, they need a lot. Um, I've heard a lot of people saying this is where uh, Vita Vea would go. Um, there's also, of course, Darius Geis, the running back out of LSU. I could see that happening. Uh, do you have any... Other ideas for the Redskins? Any? I think it's going to be Roquan Swift out of the University of Georgia. Really? I do. All righty. That's a, that's a new one. Why, why do you think uh, Roquan needs to go to, uh, to the Redskins? Well, because Roquan, playing at the University of Georgia, plays a very physical game, very fast, very physical, very strong offensive lineman, and I just feel like the Redskins – last season needed to tighten up their offensive line to protect their quarterback and their offensive weapons, so I think he would fit nicely in Washington. All right, uh, next up would be number 14, the Green Bay Packers. Packers, of course, losing Jordy Nelson um, to trade, or I think he was, he was cut as a free, as you know, he got cut. Um, but they still need defensive Help because really offensively they've got Aaron Rodgers uh, behind center as long as he's help healthy and even uh, the backup what's the Hunley right even Hunley is is still pretty good so I think they definitely need some some backup in on the defensive side I could see if Minka if Minka Fitzpatrick is still there maybe getting him uh, potentially if if Marcus Davenport is still on the board getting him. Do you see anything else happening with the Packers? I think if Geis is available, 
you would pick him from LSU. Yes, Darius Geis. I don't know. They don't really need a running back, though. I mean, that's the problem. And their offense is is very much based on, you know, Aaron Rodgers being the guy. I mean, you, you could you could pick up Geis. I, I guess I that feel, could work. I just feel like with the Packers getting away Jordy Nelson and Aaron Rodgers' main weapon, you're kind of like switching and molding the office in a different way. That's just how I feel. Uh, I mean, that's, and that's you know, a fair point there. Uh, next up would be uh, the 15th pick for the Cardinals of Arizona. Uh, I think that the general consensus is that they're going to draft Calvin Ridley out of Alabama. Do you have any other opinions on that? I, I do not, know. I mean, there's always a potential trade, but I don't think that'll happen. Uh, next up, then, would be the Baltimore Ravens, the 16th pick. Um, they could go... I mean, we, we've completely, you know... We completely forgotten to even talk about Lamar Jackson. I mean, if he's still there by the time the Ravens roll around, I mean, that could be a that could be a viable option for them. You know, who's is uh is what's it what's his name? Oh my gosh, I'm blanking. Uh, Ravens quarterback. Uh, Joe Flacco. Yeah, is is Flacco still playing? He's questionably elite last season. Question? Yes, he is questionably. I I think I I don't I don't I think he needs a backup. I think he needs a good backup. Uh, he's he's nearing retirement, I think. You know, isn't he? He's, he's pretty old. He's been playing the league for a while. Um, you know, I've, or at least I've been here. I've been hearing his name for a while, almost as long as I've been watching football. He is thirty three years old. Yeah, he's thirty three. He's almost forty. He's he's getting up there in football years. So I think he needs a a young, a young fella, who he can take under his wing, and and you know get up to, you know technically elite level <laughs> i think Lamar, lamar jackson could be that guy do you have any other ideas for who the ravens will go to i think lamar jackson's a perfect pick for the ravens all right uh 17th is the chargers of los angeles formerly formerly of uh san diego i mean i i i think maybe this is one of those picks where you know you're gonna get a guy who no one's heard of you know maybe Derwin James out of Florida State, Darren Payne of Alabama. I think wh- whoever goes to the Chargers, it's not going to matter. You know? Do you have that kind of same sentiment? I do as well, yeah. All right. Uh, Seattle Seahawks are 18th. Um, I mean, maybe if Marcus Davenport's still on the board, they get him. Uh, maybe uh, Harold Landry, the, the edge guy from Boston College. Once again, I can't see anything really big happening there um we can move on to number 19 the the cowboys them boys uh the kind of main kind of general consensus is that they're going to go for a wide receiver uh zeke needs weapons right i could see Cortland sutton from smu going there he uh you know that'd be a nice storyline smu of course is in dallas you know so That'd be the the you know hometown boy that everyone's been watching in college. You know he he wouldn't he wouldn't even have to change a dress. You know he'd have to move out of his little college dorm, but he could keep his apartment in Dallas. So that'd be cool. Uh, do you see anything else happening there? No, I think a wide receiver is smart, especially uh, getting rid of Des Bryant. Right, they they definitely need to bring in someone who's gonna make up for that loss of of Des. Uh, next would be the twentieth pick, the Detroit Lions. Uh, I mean, they're they're gonna go for somebody on the defensive side. Either either 
you know, Marcus Davenport, if he's still there, Darren Payne from Bama, possibly. Uh, Will Hernandez has been talked about the guard from UTEP. I don't think anyone, I don't think he's going to go that high. Not a UTEP guy. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Darren Payne from Bama, that's my pick. How about you? I uh, do agree with you on that pick, Darren Payne. Uh, with the 21st pick, the Cincinnati Bengals, um, I think Mike McGlinchey will go there. How about you? A defensive tackle? Yes. Or no, 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 offensive tackle. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I can see that happening. I mean, you have to build the offensive line a little bit with guys like Andy Dalton, Jeremy Hill, and A.J. Green, so I can see that happening. So, uh, I never, uh, Pick number 22 would be the Buffalo Bills. I could see them trading this. Do you, could, could you see them trading this? I don't know who they trade it for or who they trade it with. Uh, potentially the Broncos, uh, and they'd try to get Darius Geis. Um, but I think this is a tradable pick. How about you? I think that could be an interesting pick. Who? What does NFL say that? If they were to keep the pick, who would they draft? Uh, according to uh, the mock draft off of NFL.com, uh, one of the guys, Daniel Jeremiah, he has he has them taking uh, Leighton, Leighton Vander. Oh, my goodness. They've, they've cut off his name, so I can't even see the full name. I've never heard of the guy. Leighton Vander Esch. Um, he would go there. Um, other than that, maybe Maurice Hurst, but I could see this getting traded up and possibly the Bills picking Darius Geis. I think Darius Geis would be interesting in a Bills uniform. Uh, pick 23 from the uh, New England Patriots. I mean, they need—they don't really need anything, you know? As long as, as long as Bill Belichick keeps on coaching and Tom Brady plays his game, all they really need to do is just keep playing you know so really like and they bill belichick plays the free agent game so well that draft picks to new england are almost irrelevant you know like obviously tom brady was a draft pick but other than that i mean it's it's been you know pretty pretty much the free agent game uh i could see either colton miller the offensive tackle from ucla or rashawn evans the linebacker from bama going I think if if Bill, if Bill Belichick's going to choose one of them, it's going to be it's going to be Evans. He's a uh, he's a championship proven guy, and Belichick likes championship proven guys. Do you have any objections to that? No, that sounds about right. Bill Belichick seems like the kind of guy to pick a championship worthy guy, like you were saying. Uh, next up will be uh, the Panthers at twenty four. I think they'll go with Will Hernandez, the guard from UTEP. Uh, do you have any different opinions on that? What what position does Will Hernandez play? Guard. Oh, I can see that happening. Yeah. All right. I mean, so so many of these are very much like you know utility picks. Like this, you know, some of these guys I've never even heard of. Um, who do you think? I guess we'll go with we'll we'll go with a team that really surprised me. Um, this season. Uh, at pick number thirty, the uh, the Minnesota Vikings, the Vikings of Minnesota, they uh, they they've done really well. They have pick thirty. Who do you think they'll get? I think they'll take Isaiah Wynn, the guard from Georgia. I think that's a good kind of pickup 
it helps strengthen that team, you know, defensively. Offensively, they're already sound. Offensively, they're sound. I think if there are any good uh, corners or safeties on the board, I think you should definitely invest in those because. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so that's going to kind of do it for the mock draft thing. I mean, it, once you get past, you know, about midway through that draft, everyone kind of like you start hearing about guys you've never heard of before, you know? Like, I guess we can, we can talk about, um, I know that the Tigers, the Missouri Tigers have a couple of, uh, one one guy in particular going to the draft, uh, Jamon, right? Jamon Moore, uh, yes. So, so I don't think he's a first, ra- a first round guy, but, uh, where do you think Jamon Moore might wind up? I would say mid third round. I, I agree with that. Maybe, is my guess. Maybe late second, potentially. Uh, what team do you think would take him, though? Well, since the Rams no longer live in St. Louis, you can no longer have that home aspect. Maybe the Chiefs, if you want that. I guess the Chiefs would be good. And I think the Chiefs could use a offensive weapon like Jamon. I mean, weapons a bit. A weapon's a bit of an overstatement. It's more of an offensive butterfinger. But, you know... We we love you, Jamon. Thanks for all your years here at the University of Missouri. Despite the fact that I think during his tenure we didn't really do anything. It was a downward spiral. Now what about the other Missouri guy who's not going to the draft this year but Nestor Drew Locke? Ah, oh, Drew. I okay, so this is weird. I I the thing about the thing about quarterbacks, right? Is that if you have a guy who just stands out next year, a guy who just, you know, pops out of nowhere, he'll go, you know, near the top. But right now, no one, no one besides Drew Locke has really like revealed themselves to be this, you know, decent quarterback, you know. And Drew Locke isn't elite. He's not, you know, he's no Lamar Jackson. He's he's no he's not, you know, he's no Baker Mayfield. You know, he's 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 just Drew. And he's good. He do, he gets the job done. But I don't know if I can see him going too high. Maybe maybe mid first round. Mid first round. Anyway, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of wrap this show up. It's it's getting near the end. So uh, we can just do a quick little run around of what's going on in the sports world. I guess we still got about you know sixty seconds. Uh, Astros won. Um, so so all of my Houston friends will be happy. Um, let's let's check it the the scores around Major League Baseball just just to wrap things up. Stros won. Nationals destroyed the Giants fifteen to two in San in San Francisco. Uh, Pirates and the Tigers bottom of the ninth and the Tigers are up thirteen ten. That's impressive. Um, other than that, I mean nothing's really happening. But uh, a good day in sports and a good show for us and. Uh, Enjoy the draft tomorrow night, and uh, if you're going out to Infinity War over the weekend, enjoy that too. I know we are. So uh, with that, uh, thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to KNC Sports on KCOU.FM. Have a great evening.